0: Right back on Zuma Radio. Here is Libby Zneimer.
1: Welcome back. The numbers to call once again 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. And now we are going to take a look at a searing documentary that puts a human face on the controversial issue of assisted dying. Producer John Thornton was shocked to learn that after suffering terrible pain for a decade, his old friend Kathy Wardle was planning to travel to Switzerland to end her life. Kathy allowed him to document her journey because she was passionate about making the process legal here in Canada. Uh, Here's a clip
2: from the film. A great deal of sorrow that, that, well, first of all, that I have to that I can't be fixed, that I have to die. I don't want to die, but I can't live like this. I can't live in pain.
1: Well, I am here with John Thornton, who is the producer, director, and videographer of the film, and also with Kathy Wardle's sister, Leslie Forrester. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Thank you for having us. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, so take us back to the beginning, John. I know that this started for you uh, with something pretty innocent, a phone call about buying a house.
4: Yeah, it, uh, it actually happened about a year ago. Uh, well, it was a year ago uh, on Monday. Uh, Kathy, who is a good friend of mine, I've known her for about 20 years. We were acquainted as uh, she was a real estate agent of mine in Got me a house, and I heard through a mutual friend that she was downsizing, uh, selling her house in Cabbage Town. And the mutual friend asked me if I'd be interested in buying it. It was kind of like a whim, and it's like, oh, Kathy's house was beautiful. Yeah, we'd be interested in it. So we made arrangements to go over the following day to talk to her about it. And uh, you know, my partner Bill and I were we were excited at the prospects of purchasing Kathy's house. Everything seemed innocent until we got in the door. And then uh, Kathy had put her arms on my shoulder and said, John, I have to tell you the true story, what's going on. And that's when she told us that she was going to Switzerland to end her life. Wow. And, and how did you react? Uh, I think it's safe to say that we were all stunned. Uh, I don't think Kathy intended to to, to tell us what, what what she was doing. So it was kind of uh, a moment of uh, uh, just a flash of, oh my God. But then Kathy being the kind of person she was, it was like, okay, well, let's go through the house. And she took us for a a tour through her beautiful house.
1: Leslie, how did you find out about Kathy's plans.
3: I would say it was about two years before she actually decided to go to Switzerland uh, that she said to me, I can't do this anymore. It's just too awful, too, too painful. She, and she, had, um, she tried every sort of um, approach possible. And I think there was another one or two things that she tried after she told me that. But I knew by then that she was saying, if this doesn't work, I can't go on and um it became very awkward from that point because i wanted to be supportive but to actually support her was technically still illegal
1: and did you how did you feel about it i can't imagine
3: well i would say that's when i did my grieving more than when we actually went to switzerland because i knew how serious she was i knew that i wouldn't have been able to go on with the amount of pain she was in so um, that's when I felt the greatest sadness and the tears came and stuff, much more than when the actual event occurred
1: Okay, and uh, so you wanted to support her, and uh, how did the timing come about? I mean, you said this was two years before, but
3: Well, then about three months before, she said, I've made the decision now, I'm, I'm going to go to Switzerland, and um, I said, well, I'll you know, what What can I do, whatever. So I went, I agreed to go up to Toronto and be with her until she was able to go and then to accompany her to Switzerland. So that ended up being about a three-month process because it's no quick decision for the Swiss to, um, to accept somebody. It was 26 different documents that they wanted her to produce. And then we had to get plane flights and so forth. So, so what kind of documents? Well, um, they want to establish who she is for one thing, and secondly, that nobody's going to object. So, uh, one of the two of the most difficult things were we had, uh, she had to get. Um, her husband's death certificate, and he died in New York State, so that meant we had to somehow get that information across the border. They wanted somebody to walk in and pay the $10. They wouldn't take it by phone, and, and then once that all happened, we got the so-called provisional green light, which is, yes, you have the go ahead to come over here and have a doctor assess you, uh, but after that, about 20 minutes after they told us that she had the green light, they emailed back from Switzerland and said, we think we better have the marriage certificate. And they got married in England. So that meant trying to get a document from England to Switzerland in time for the, this plane flight that we just confirmed. Okay, They were, that's...
4: They were very <coughs> thorough in terms of what they what they were looking for. I remember Kathy telling me that one of the things was that they needed, she needed to go to her dentist to get her dental records, to send over to Switzerland, and they had to be good enough that they could identify her body, but she couldn't tell her dentist that because he, she didn't want her dentist to know.
1: Okay, so, uh, well, she has a right to her dental records, I guess.
4: Yeah, but to say they have to be good enough that my body can be identified, which was the instruction she got from the Swiss, it's just you want to make sure you're getting the right thing. Yeah, yeah was... or the right body. Or the right, Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did the documentary come about?
4: Um, So the day that Kathy had, uh, we went over there to see the house. Uh, My partner and I went home and we kind of absorbed things and I think Kathy absorbed what had happened as well and she called the next day and she she said, uh, John, I know I dropped a bombshell on you uh, and you were probably... stunned or in shock so why don't you come over so i went over the next day uh, and that's when we talked about the uh, the house details and that's when it occurred to me to uh, to ask her if she would be interested in having this documented and she agreed
1: and what's your reaction to that her agreement to do this
3: well um even before that um a friend of mine who worked for the CBC was thinking about doing something and her, she was a very private person. So that would be difficult for her. So, you know, she really was saying, no, I don't want any part of this. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like for you, but if I were having to do this, I'd want it to be meaningful. I want it to have some kind of positive effect if possible. So then she spoke with a very close friend who was a lawyer who'd been quite involved with an organization called Dying with Dignity. Yes, And he gave her a lot of encouragement to make it public uh, because he knew that at this point in time there would need to be a lot of public awareness as there was legislation going into place. The Carter decision had just been announced, but of course it didn't help her. It just signaled to her that, that there was an upcoming process that was really important and she wanted to be an influence on it.
1: Okay. So that's you probably because I remember we've talked about this before, John, and mm-hmm. you said, Oh, she didn't she didn't really hesitate much, but I guess there was a lot going first, on behind the scenes. Yeah.
3: Just at first. And then once she made the decision, she was 150% behind it. Yeah.
1: And and so how did you proceed?
4: Uh it was I, I was the videographer as well, so I shot it. It was it, it had to it had to remain an intimate uh endeavor so it was just me uh, with Kathy most of the time and uh recording what she was going through taking her pain medication uh, as we got closer to the uh, you know to the travel to Switzerland what was going through her mind how was she feeling about her life how was she feeling about uh, what was coming up uh, was she wavering at all uh, just that, those kinds of conversations
1: Mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, she was passionate about doing this uh, in order to try to change things.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep,
3: she really was very firmly. Yeah, uh,
1: did she find? Uh, did she find the burden of all the things she had to do onerous, or did she think, well, it's good they're taking care, they're making sure that you know that that, that they don't, you know, that they only do this where it's really called for.
3: Well, I think she understood that intellectually, but when you're in really serious pain, nothing is a good time. You know, it was really a dreadful, long, felt like 100 years instead of three months because each time there, there were a set of documents sent over, they'd request a whole pile more. And uh, it just seemed endless to her because she was in so much pain.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tell me about the arrangements uh, for... Uh, that trip and uh, the filming of it uh, the
4: trip to Switzerland the technical arrangements
1: well just you know how did you decide um, you know what you were going to show of her and uh, did you have and and the arrangements I mean you know that's not something that's usually videotaped
4: yeah uh, Kathy was very uh, Kathy was very open about what she would allow me to shoot we had that conversation and for it to be authentic um, I had said to her you know I need to be there 90 99 percent of the time and she was fine with that there were very few occasions actually where she uh, where she didn't permit me to uh, to shoot we were not permitted to shoot once uh, she went inside the house, the facility where the assisted death would happen, but I shot uh, the drive all the way up there and uh, everything that happened.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to give out the numbers to call in case people have questions about this. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 866 740 4740 and we'll be back right after the break.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio, heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. I'm here with
1: John Thornton and Leslie Forrester, and we're talking about the documentary My Life, My Choice about Leslie's sister's decision to go to Switzerland for an assisted death when she could no longer stand the pain that she had been in for a decade. If you have questions about that, if you have an opinion about whether that should have been available for Kathy here in Canada and should be going forward, call us at 416-360-0740 or toll-free 866 740 740 so tell me about the trip itself uh how much time did you spend in Switzerland there were times uh I was watching that it you know it looked like
3: a nice time <laughs> Well, first of all, we had to go business class, which I've never done before, and it cost a fortune. I had no idea. Why? uh, Well, because she was in so much pain, she couldn't have stayed seated, and we were accompanying her. We wouldn't have been any help to her in another part of the plane. So all four of us, um, John and I and a a childhood friend who's uh, since become a lawyer, accompanied us. And... um, So it was much more luxurious, but nevertheless a long trip. And uh, she was in quite a bit of discomfort. Um, At one point, we thought we might have to take her to the hospital when we arrived because uh, she was having trouble um, voiding, which we think now was probably something to do with the air pressure and all the drugs she was on or something. But, you know, this was going through our heads. Is she going to be able to make her scheduled appointment or not? Or will she end up in the hospital with some other affliction. So
4: and I remember you passing me a, a handwritten note on the plane saying we when we land we may have to go to emergency. Kathy's not well. Yeah. So there was yeah. a lot of tension. I yeah. think once we left the tension was was she actually going to be able to make it? That was yeah. the unknown.
3: Well and then the night before I think it was the uh, there we spent two nights before the actuals what they call the procedure happen. And, um, the night before she went into a full, um, seizure, uh, just before she woke up and her, her legs and arms were flailing all over the place. And, uh, when she woke up, like when she, she, regained regular consciousness she said my knees sore and I kind of gulped and said is it you know I didn't want her to know what she was going through but again she was on so close to the maximum medication that just about anything could have happened so the biggest um reassurance to me was when the doctor came to assess her And it turned out he'd been an orthopedic surgeon before he retired. And he was so affirming about it. He said, Kathy, I've read every word of your operative notes for all the different operations you've had. He said, I used to do a lot of those operations and I used to assist with the others, the the back operations. He used to do the knee and the hip operations. And he said, I completely understand what you're doing and why you need to do it. And before we go any further, if this is still what you want, I want you to know you have my complete consent. And it was just this huge sigh from her that she was understood and there weren't going to be any roadblocks.
1: Yeah. Okay. What about, I mean, you went out to dinner, you went for walks. Uh, did, how did that feel?
4: Um, <laughs> we, I think we made the best out of a, a, a bad situation. A bad situation – Being that we were going to lose, you know, Leslie was losing her sister, and I was losing a friend, and all the other people back home were losing someone that they loved. Um, But on the other hand, it was, uh, we knew what we had gone there to do, and Kathy was in a lot of pain, and this was her decision, and this is what she had decided to do. So there was some relief knowing that once it was over, once she took the potion, uh, that she would be out of pain. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's, it's, I don't know, it's hard to... It's hard to explain. My mother died about 12 months prior to this, and that was a terrible death, you know, sitting there and watching her go through it and gasping for air. And when I when I compare that to to Kathy's death, uh, I don't want people to, you know, to think I'm callous, but Kathy's death was very calm and peaceful. It was it, it was it was Not as horrific an experience as it was watching my mother or other loved ones that I've seen die.
3: Okay, do you
4: agree? I um, do.
3: I totally agree.
1: And what was it like for you, your her sister? First of all, what did you have planned? You
3: know, sometimes it looked a bit like a party almost. Well, it was Kathy's time. It was completely up to her what what she wanted to happen. So she felt she could actually manage to do dinner in the hotel restaurant. So we went over and just did the whole nine yards we, you know we um, it was a quite an expensive restaurant at least hotel we were in <laughs> ordered a nice uh, bottle of wine yeah it, we had a deck off of her room that was quite uh, large and it overlooked the Zurich Sea, and it was beautiful weather. It was their spring was farther advanced than ours, and there was sunshine. And we, we took wine out there, and sometimes scotch, which was Kathy's preferred drink. And we, and we just enjoyed the time and reminisced and talked about our feelings about stuff. It was there was no sort of stiff upper lift stuff or or don't let's not talk about it. Yeah. It was all very. Um, out on the table.
1: Well, di- didn't she say it was her last time? She wanted it to yeah, be good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: I get that. Yeah, yeah. She said, I want, I'd like to go across the lake. So we figured out how to get on the ferry, and off we went. And she wasn't comfortable, but she w- was having a chance to see some scenery and just... You know, I can remember in the car coming from the airport, she was chatting away with Ted about what Switzerland looked like and stuff. It it was just, she said to me, what, what do you want me to do with all my, my personal, my stuff, you know, my luggage? And, uh, you know, she looked, gave me this look and I said, let's just leave it as if you're coming back. And that kind of relaxed her, I think, that would just go on as if things are as they always are. It's like all
1: these things, you have to think about it.
3: Oh, it's crazy because she she had this wonderful sable coat that she adored. It was a very um, big deal for her to get it. And she was determined to wear this coat over. Well, that meant I had to bring it back somehow. And so I said, "Well, okay, I'll wear a ski jacket over there." And then we had to, we had to book it as if she was coming back. So we had a round trip ticket. We had her suitcase, and that meant an extra suitcase. There are all these bizarre logistical things that you just why didn't Why of. couldn't
1: you book a one way ticket?
3: Well, then, then when the Swiss said, "Why are you here?" Oh. Uh, oh, isn't we, it
4: legal there? It well, is legal, but you still have to be discreet about it. I think.
3: Well, when we had what they call a provisional green light, she still had to have these these, these doctors' assessments before they actually said we we're going to go ahead and do it. So technically, she they could have said sorry, and we would have had to come back.
1: Okay. Wow. Oh, oh. That that really is. Something.
3: But, you know, compared to what I thought was going to happen when she talked to me two years before, I thought it was going to be carbon monoxide in the garage, which apparently you can't really pull off these days. Cars are, are too environmentally friendly. Or jumping off a bridge or simply starving and um, and dying of thirst with me by her bedside, which would have just... I can't begin to I think what actually, that would have been like.
1: Uh, met a family where... S- a woman did that. She had Huntington's, uh, and I can't imagine. And her family, she has big family. They were with her. But, yeah, that's, yeah, well, very and then long
4: what? and drawn out. Well, to be in such a desperate situation like that and have no way to be able to To have control over your own life. I think that's what this, to me, that's what this documentary is about. There's two pieces to it, Kathy's pain and making, you know, and helping people understand her pain. But at the end of the day, it was her choice. It's her life, and it was her choice to do what she did.
1: Okay, we have a caller waiting. Uh, We have Eloise
2: in Toronto. Hi, Eloise. Yes, ma'am. I'm kind of concerned about... I had my brother that died five years ago. He had um, um, myeloma, multiple myeloma, right? Yep. And um, uh, it it took us about a year as a family. Um, we we tried everything, and uh, the doctors tried everything, and finally, um, it claimed his life. But um, he he was so peaceful about going. Um, home, and he he never one day considered uh, taking his own life. I, I sorry, I, I want to ask the question. Yes, go ahead. Who's who? Who gives the authority? Uh, we're human, and suffering is a part of our lives. Suffering and pain. Who gives us the right to assist others? Um, in, in assisted suicide? Who give us the right? Whose life? It's, we might say it's our life, but who how did we get here? What? Who caused us to be here? And who give us the right
1: okay. to kill ourselves? Okay, Eloise, thanks for your call. I, I think I get where you're coming from, and, and that's a big metaphysical question, and people have very different answers to that. And uh, the... Uh, The point of view in this documentary, which is uh, really something to watch, I really must say, is that you have your own life. Other people disagree, and we respect those disagreements. We respect all of your opinions. Uh, The documentary is going to air next Monday, March the 15th at 10 p.m. on Vision TV. I'm going to say goodbye now. We're going to take a break for news and traffic. And Leslie Forster and John Thornton, thanks so
0: much. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from eleven to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.